Greetings, you bunch of annexed aardvarks. We have returned. The post-show is back in your lives. Episode 95. We've got a moist one for you today, if I do say so myself. Um, I'd like to tell you about the comic book shop at 128 Bank Street. You can find them at Comic Book Shop Bank on Instagram or thecomicbookshop.com. They spell shop S-H-O-P-P-E. Check them out. They've got surprise, comic books, but also manga, and also Gundam figurines and toys and plushies. All the, uh, I think they do magic cards, like they got, they got everything. All the things your weeb heart desires. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you'd like the stuff they've got. So go check out their wares. Let them know we sent you, okay? And thanks for their continued support of the show. Um, today, we talk at the big one, Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, Episode 7, God, I'm so back. I'm so glad this show is back in my life. Um, man, this episode had everything, huh? We talk about it. Uh, Mushuko Tensei. Speaking of a show that has uh, everything for everything uh, for a show that strong, you need something to balance the scales. Mushuko Tensei really playing that role this season. Uh, we do the news feed. A lot of exciting news this week. Uh, we talk Zom 100 and then Grant's first impressions of Starfield and just. Uh, some of the drama therein, and we brought back the Q&A. I will admit, it was not an intentional hiatus uh, for the Q&A, more just I kept forgetting to do it, but uh, it's back. We wrap up the episode with it. Thanks for your questions. We'll bring it back next week. Okay, enjoy the show. Hey there, Grant. Hey, Dave. How are we doing? I'm good, man. Why don't you tell me what you're wearing? What I'm wearing? I am wearing my 15-year-old Jurassic Park t-shirt. Nice. Um, probably a 10-year-old pair of shorts that have an insane amount of holes that I don't know how they stay together. Nice. And, uh, yeah. Socks you got me thinking slippers. of my uncle right now. Um, <laughs> I, Dave, I strive for uncle energy. It's different Not creepy though. Uncle energy, but like D and D uncle energy. Oh, see, we're different there. I strive for creepy uncle. Um, okay, <laughs> but no, what I was gonna say, I was hoping to catch you off guard and get a laugh with that question. Didn't anticipate that you would answer. I will say, yeah. as as a sidebar, I've been having that dilemma as of late. Of like, your loungewear is kind of your crappiest clothing because like. You want to be able to treat it badly, right? Like, you want to be able to... I mean, okay, I'm speaking for myself, but... Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, no, I have a very different approach to Okay, that. so here, yeah, here, here, therein lies the issue, right? So, like, the stuff I wear around day to day is, like, stuff I go to the gym to. But then there's, like, nice gym clothing. And then you're like, okay, well, I, okay. I want to save the nice gym clothing for specific gym days. I don't want to lounge around in it. So it's like, so what do you end up lounging around in? I lounge around in like the old gym, like the falling apart stuff, right? Yeah, and it's the like the old guard. Yeah, yeah, the old guard. I fall back to the old guard. And it's like, at what point? Like, is that when I know when I'll know when I'm finally a grown up? Is like mm. when I will I eventually one day just have only nice looking clothes? Because I don't think that's ever going to happen at this rate. There. So for me, there's there's work clothes which I wear predominantly like out in the world yeah then there's my nice clothes i like wearing around the home and then there's that third sector which 
I forget exists, but I'm reminded like anytime we have an outing of like, oh yeah, you have to like look nice. <laughs> oh, okay. So like, not that my my at home around stuff isn't good, you know nice or whatever. It's just like you're not gonna wear like t-shirts and you know gym shorts out, but they are nice. Like they're well taken care of, you know. But again, okay. These are, like, my so we're being a little holy, but. We're both missing, like, one part that's in the other's repertoire. I'm missing clothes that I like that I wear at home. Mm. Like, I have a lot of comfy clothes that I wear at home. But, like, sure. I'm not super stoked on them. You know mm. what I mean? Like, anytime I would have to, like, get out of my home loungewear to, like, I don't know, like, run to... This is a great example. I had to do this today, right? I'm in my, like, at-home loungewear. It's like, I gotta run to the grocery store. It's, you know... 400 meters away but i gotta pick sure. up a chicken like i'm changing 100 percent because i'm not stoked on, you know what i mean like i'm not like oh my loungewear is so great that i can wear it to the grocery store i'm not that dude you're not catching no. me in the gray sweatpants at the grocery store dude grocery store run is 100 percent where i'm wearing around the house yeah see i yeah. need to i need to either up my game on the mm. loungewear or i need to feel better gotta get those marks work warehouse t-shirts in there yeah. Boom. i don't know good to go all occasions you, you want to know why i brought this up because you did you changed something about me and and welcome back to the podcast by the way we're we're exclusively talking men's lifestyle loungewear yeah. today and we're going to start off with grant grant did change something in me i called him because this is what oh yes yeah, washed up 30 year olds do they call each other for slipper recommendations <laughs> so i called him i was like yo i'm at uniqlo what are you thinking about um what do you think about those slippers? Because I know that you got slippers there, and you had told mm-hmm. me like, "Oh, best slippers, dude." Swear by them. I was actually there. I copped a, uh, I grabbed a um, chainsaw man tee that they just put out. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, Which one? I got like the least offensive slash most basic one, only because I was very iffy on the others. Mm. Um, I don't know, but it's like the uh, it's a plain white tee with like a. It's not an actual pocket square. It looks like a pocket. A pochita's poking out? No, it's, um, there's like just, it says Chainsaw Devil and it's Denji. And then on the back, there's a giant like illustration of him that's like distorted. Damn. It's the most basic one, but it's nice. Um, but anyway, so I picked up a pair of the slippers and you had said, as far as slippers go, like I find they're good, but... Mm. You're like, but I'm a slippers and socks guy, just so you yeah. know. And I was like, well, I didn't know you were a domestic terrorist. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but I was like, why? And you're like, oh, I find my feet get sweaty. And I was like, no, nah, it's just Grant. He's clearly a gross person. <laughs> and then, like, I, like, went home later. And I noticed that not only in the Uniqlo slippers, but in general, I'm sock- I'm a sockless slipper guy. Sure. And my feet always get sweaty, which is why I kick the slippers off. Like, mm. I'm wearing them for, like, 20 minutes. And then I'm like, no, get me out of these. Bro. So you know what I'm doing now, dude? You wear socks. I'm socking it up, and like this is, this is lug. This is maybe one of those grown-up strides that you take, where you like, huh? It's it's the feeling like you know you're wearing slippers, but like for 30 seconds, if you needed to sprint out of the house, you could probably like keep a good pace. Yeah, dude. I don't know. You're not feeling wet and gross. You're not slipping around. It's it's uh, counterintuitive. Sweaty feet in slippers. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, the heat doesn't get trapped and, like, pressed up against your bare skin. There's, like, a layer in between it. It's more fuzzy and cozy. It's it's an upgrade. It's a way to be, dude. All right, guys. uh, Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. We're talking merino wool. Mm. I'm just playing. All right. Okay. That's enough of that. Quit dicking around, Grant. Um, You want to talk anime? You want to do it? 
Dude, Dave, I've been wanting to talk about anime since uh, Thursday night. It's uh, funny you say that, dude. Yeah. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, season yeah. two, episode seven came out that... Is, did it come out that day? It came out, comes out Thursday nights, yeah. Yeah, okay, and we both watched it, and I think you messaged me like minutes immediately, after I finished. Immediately after okay. I finished, I, I messaged you. So season two, episode seven, Jujutsu Kaisen, there's your spoiler warning, that's plenty of time. Okay, let's get into it. So the first half is like a... It's a mech fight. Is that the part that blew your mind? Well, it just uh, the it's it's funny because I I never when I watch Jujutsu Kaisen I don't take it as a show that it it doesn't necessarily honor its elders you know like it's clearly inspired by lots of shows like in the power system it's similar to Bleach has some Naruto sure. stuff here and there like you know like within the world but like flat out references and homages it haven't really come across that much. Mm. And we had this mech fight, and there was shot for shot <laughs> um, stills or, or you know, moments in this in this episode, the beginning half, uh, straight out of Gurren Lagann and our you know ever beautiful Neon Genesis Evangelion. And it's funny because you and I have been talking a lot of that outside the pod because we are prepping, we are making those podcasts. It's they are coming soon. Um, you know, it's like they're very fresh in my mind, and to see some of these shots was. Yeah. It was it was bl- it was Sakuga Supreme for probably ten minutes straight. It Sakuga did not Supreme. let up. It did not let up. It was insane. Like Leanne and I, it was one of the, like I couldn't shut up. I was like, oh my god! And then I was like, okay, I got I got to keep looking at the screen. It was like pause and like look at Leanne and like it was like weeb overload. It, it, I have not had a moment with an episode in a long time where I'm just like losing it through the through the roof. Like it was I really, really love this episode. Yeah. We're obviously referring to the mech uh the uh Mecha Maru versus Mahito fight. Yeah. That's gotta be like and it felt kinda different too, right? Like when you think about the fights that we've seen in this show, like to your point, they're paying tribute to a lot of things. There's just a lot going on. But mm-hmm. it's a very different fight. Like I remember the uh I mean a lot took me off guard. Like the mech thing it, they really do tackle that from a completely different angle that mm-hmm. that they haven't really done throughout the show before. And the shape-shifting uh, from Mahito, like, they got so creative. creative. Yeah, and the animation style changed. Yo, There's one point where Mahito, it was almost like it was, like, very... It was, like, very tight pencil work, you know? Yeah. Like, a very uh, tight, like, aggressive black lining. And, you know, like, color was there, but, like, the you know, the emphasis was on the black and the whites. Yeah. You know, in, 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 in the shots, too, and... And then, you know, again, the way they kind of seamlessly put in the cursed power, like that, you know, that flame look to it, like the blue flame. Yeah. You know, that on um, Mechamaru there. But, oh, Dave, this was, it was just pure bliss. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. The, um, the domain expansion scene <laughs> was really cool. It reminded me, I was like, oh, right. He had like a an amazing animation in that fight when he fought Nanami and uh, Yuji. Yes. Yep. When he tried to do domain expansion. Couldn't pull it off, yeah. I mean, he got them in there, I guess. But um, but yeah, this was really, really, really cool. I don't know how much, like, what else to say. I mean, did the fight go kind of the way you thought? You know, it was one of those things I was a little, you know, because we had talked about this last week of, you know, like, the internet and the manga read. You know, just, there's there's so much hype and word of mouth about what this Shibuya arc is. Yeah. And, you know, the pain that people will feel and the, you know, how, you know, unsettled people are going to be. It is hard to, like, watch a scene like this and not, 
And I'm like, okay, well, like, the good guy's probably dying here. You know, like, I don't think, For sure. think one of the big bats is going out. You know, like a pitch, like he did. And, you know, lo- you know, spoiler, like, he kind of... So, some people are calling kind of, like, a cheap, like, a little bit of plot armor coming back. But, like, I don't think any of us really thought Mechamaru was walking away from this. No, I mean... It, and... Yeah. He could pop up, you know, and, you know, by, you know, like, I'm curious... Didn't see him die think. on screen, right? You didn't see him die on screen, but I could just see it being, like, a you know, like a flashback and you know, he yeah. is, you know, he is yeah. dead or dying kind of thing. But cause they are really playing with her heartstrings. Like, cause they cut to Miwa at one point and she's talking to the shell, you know, yeah. and she's like pouring her heart out a little bit to him. Like, Oh, you know, I'd like, you know, you weren't there for the baseball game. We all really got to know each other a little more or especially more from that. And, you know, you, you know, we couldn't, you know, I replaced you with a pitching machine and, you know, there's, so they are setting up that he is dead, but I don't know, man, it's, it's tough. I don't know. I like I said. I know some people are calling the ending to that fight a little bit of a cop out, but eh, I did. I don't know. I didn't feel it that way. I, you know, it had back and forth action. It had yes. twists and turns. Mm-hmm. We didn't mention like you mentioned, kind of the color change, but like how vivid those colors got. Yeah. The shape again. The shape shifting from Mahito for me was like peak. Like I lost yes. count of how many animals he turned into in one fluid scene. Like it was like holy shit. Really cool stuff. Um, and how they were continuing to, like, one-up each other. You yeah. Know? Like, they, 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 at no point... It is... Actually, there is a point in, in the fight where they're a little... Like, not hubris between the two of them, like, in their own way. But, like, you know, Mechamaru definitely thought he had Mahito. And there's definitely a moment where Mahito definitely thought he had Mechamaru. Yeah. And then, from that point going forward, like, they just... They were afraid of each other. So, like, yeah. they were going all out at each other. And I just... You know, it's to see... The story, you know, obviously, like, you know, it's a story, but, like, to see the fight have its own story develop through without too much dialogue, just action and them kind of adapting to one each other was just very, yeah, very dynamic. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Really good visual storytelling. Um, Okay, so from a plot and kind of lore perspective, there are a couple things about this whole fight I think we should mention. Mm Mm-hmm. It's clear after the fight is over, we get a little bit of a dump between Ghetto and Mahito, and they, mm. they mention a couple things. They mention that they were glad that they saw Mechamaru's simple domain. Mm-hmm. They seem to be curious about that and want to learn more about it. Yeah. Um, they mention some special chants and the lowering the veil, mm-hmm. which we later see there's, some, you know, there's something special about the veil they later unveil. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, ghetto pulls like a cursed um what do you call that grant like the things that secure a tent like a little pole little like a a spine like a i don't know like yeah i, I, I don't know what to call that <laughs> a little securing peg i guess yeah uh, he pulls one of those out of the ground but it's cl- or it's in that shape but it's clearly a cursed object because it's yeah. wrapped in the same kind of wrapping that the fingers, um, the fingers have been wrapped in so they mentioned chance and veils and and the domains you know, clearly they have a lot planned, right? Yes. And then the interesting part is, you know, in this last conversation between Mechamaru and Mahito, Mahito says, like, dude, there's 10 days left to Halloween. Like, did you not think I wouldn't unload? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, after this conversation, it's Halloween. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, so we're going to, like, build to it. And, I'm, mm. you know, I had no reservations about that. But, like, nope, not that's not the case. It is now Halloween. It's the day of the incident. And then it's the second half of the episode. Which is pretty nuts. It's, you know, I just, I find it so interesting because, like, in what world would Ghetto and Mojito let Mechamaru get away, right? Like, they are yeah. not lowering that veil until he is dead. Yeah. So, 
you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Why, but, are you uh, still postulating that maybe he's alive? No, 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 it's just, it's like, it's almost like they've placed like a narrative trap for us. You know, like they've, they set the expectations of this veil is not coming down until either side is dead. Yeah. Right? You know, the veil comes down, we don't see the actual death, you know, it's like more or less like an off-screen one, which traditionally, you know, is played as, you know, yeah. that person's coming back or, you know, a reveal it some later down the road. Um, and then like the, like the 10 day of like, you know, again, like what you just said of Mahito saying like, you know, I have 10 days to recharge. I'll be fine. Like, obviously I'm going to do this, you know, yeah. this, like Mahito was very threatening and terrifying in season one. Love him. But this fight was a really, the overwhelming force that he is, like, which wasn't shown in season one. Like it yeah. was like, he was like a, like a killer and like a deadly, you know, combatant. But this just shows, like, the, he's in, he's like a, a nuclear warhead waiting to be unleashed on people. Like, he is... Yeah. That, um, that arc he had with Junpei was really revealing, too, hey. about, like, how dark and twisted he is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The voice actor, whoever he is, I'm sure he's done some other stuff that we've heard mm-hmm. just because of how small the community is. But he's fucking... Yeah. He's feeling himself with this role. It comes off like a really brash teenager, which is weird. Like, you would think you would expect yeah. something more you know, malevolent and like creepy, but it's, it's, it's just like a, like a shithead. And yeah. I think it, it matches the character so well. Yeah. Cause even like the look too, it's almost like, yeah, I'm just wearing like jeans and a t-shirt, like a sweater, you know, like he's no different than one of the sorcerers or whatever. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, that's true. Very fascinating character. Um, okay. Let's go over briefly. There's not a ton to really break down here, but let's mention the prequel, the prelude, um, to what I'm assuming is going to go down next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go to Shibuya. It's mm-hmm. the 31st. Uh, you can see a veil come down. Yeah. I like how they did that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like having someone who's curse sensitive and she doesn't know it. Mm. She sees the veil coming down. I like that. Something somewhere sucks up people. <laughs> yeah. Don't know what that is. Yeah. And that was frightening. Yeah. Um, and then we get like a so little... so quietly too. It was I know. Like, it was so nonchalant, which, yeah. And I will say like, you know, part parts of this stuff is like... I will give them a bit of credit. It did, you know, having that prequel right before this, like I'm instantly reminded, like, oh, it's only sucking up regular people. That's exactly what Ghetto would want. Like that yeah. makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, we get like a, some scenes with like Nanami and Megumi and like other sorcerers, a couple new ones too, um, outside, kind of like just taking stock of the situation. And then that's like where they lore dump. They're like, okay, yeah. here are the rules. Sorcerers can't break it. But we can come and go. Regular people can't get out. And all the regular people are asking for Gojo. That's basically it, right? And then Gojo walks in. Yeah, great ending. So <laughs> <Who> are you. <laughs> yeah, I'm great ending. <laughs> um, did you see the title for next week's episode? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure. I, I can't think of it now. It's, I mean, it's literally called the Shibuya Incident. Boom. So it's episode three of this arc. But what, seven overall? Um, uh, yes, so I think we are getting a full run. I think it's a 24 episode run, so we have, you know, a couple months of this. Let's go, dude. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's interesting too? They announced, so before Thursday, or on Wednesday last week, um, they announced a new voice casting for the narrator of the Shibuya arc. Okay. And that she was introduced at the end of this episode, right as the episode was kind of going out, there was a new VA kind of oh. going over like you know october 31st Shibuya, yeah, yeah. Da, 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 kind of like the lowdown so 
I'm interested to see how that is going to play out. Like, are they, they're not going to have characters monologuing as much between back and forth on like, what's at hand. They'll have a narrator character to kind of say, this is where we're at. This is what we're doing. I'm just something really cool. I think, I think this next episode is going to be like something else. Um, but I think just the mechanics of how they're going to play this arc out, I think is going to be really fun. Um, that's very interesting. I didn't know any of that. Yeah, well, uh, I, yeah, I, I saw I saw it on Twitter. I was like, well, "That's a weird thing to announce." Like, we have an area yeah. all of a sudden. So, I would react yeah. the same way. I, yeah. I mean, you gotta like, because you you know shows have narrators, but you can yes. kind of silently replace them. Like the fact that they announced it, mm-hmm. it does, like to your point, it makes me think they must be doing something creative, or there, or yeah. there's reason to announce it, right? It's clearly someone of note to make yeah. the announcement. Yeah, so. agreed. Um, so I mean, you know, last thing before we move on to Shoku, like. To state the obvious, it's clearly a trap, right? Mm-hmm. I have a feeling they probably get it done. <laughs> Do you... Like, just based off of... I wish I could say, like, I don't have a bias from social media being so doom and gloom about everything. Mm. Um, and I wish I could say that I feel like I've come to this conclusion on my own. Because I, I really feel like I did. But, you, you know, you never know because everything kind of bleeds together. But, like, it just feels like Ghetto's been at it for so long in the shadows to mm. finally act in this way. He, It feels like he must be sure he can win this confrontation. That he's got Gojo's number. In season How many one, times he, has Gojo said, like, you know, Ghetto doesn't make a move if he doesn't think he's going to win? Yeah. And yeah. how many times did, in season one did Ghetto remind the cursed spirits he's working with? Like, we can't beat him. We gotta, like, seal him away. Yeah. We just got to quarantine him. So I, I don't know. To that end, I feel like they succeed. I don't think they make it look easy. Like, it probably is a drawn-out conflict, right? Yeah, I think I think this is either, you know, I'm sure there's many lanes that this could go to. But I think, you know, lane A is bad guys win. And, you know, we, we have to, the story kind of moves from that, from a loss. Or it's, you know, good guys do win. But, like, is it really a win? At you what know, like cost kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't like know. Like an Infinity War type deal. I Actually, no, we just be lost that. But as yeah. morally gray as uh, as possible. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to it, man. I, you know, I think we were all excited for Jujitsu to come back, but uh, especially considering how Mushoku is performing this season, I'm really mm. loving it right now. Yeah. It's it's the uh, the shining star for sure. Nah, all, all jokes aside, let's talk about Mushoku Tensei season two, episode ten. Mm. I mean, I don't want to be a dick or a broken record. <laughs> um, but it I don't know, okay. man. It was just an okay episode. It, it was fine. I found it so weird that we have already gotten another, like, uh, like Rudy's day by day. Like it was like we were reading his calendar, like yeah. his daily calendar. We've already had that. Mm-hmm. Like twice, I think this season mm-hmm. already. I've had a one year time, time, time already. I sixteen now. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. I just, you know, there's some stuff happened, and... But, again, you know, it's... They're dragging out the fits slash, um... Silthy plot. Which is... plot. It's, you it's know, a it's huge like judgment to the show, dude. Mind-numbing, you know? Like, the Demon King was there. That was funny. That yeah, was fun. good bits. You know? The, the drinking beer bits? Plot. Yeah. That shit was you fine. know, the dwarf. Like, yeah. ah, of course the dwarf likes drinking. Yeah, that's fine. But, uh, I don't know. It was just, there was nothing of note at all. Yeah, and I think, like... You know, we we are, I won't speak for you, but I've, you know, I've been pretty extra hard on it this season. And like maybe one thing you could say in, res- in counter 
to my feelings have been like, well, Dave, like I kind of shit on everything that has fan service. Sure. But this isn't this isn't really fan service. This is just no. like a really drawn out um like bad romance arc like even without all the corny stuff Mm. like it's just it's been six or seven episodes of this Mm. and like without much movement and much sense i don't know i just it i found it a little surprising like you know because i feel like as an audience we have a pretty good reading on how everyone's relationships are going like how everyone feels about other people and like you know where this person stands with that person and the hierarchy and you know, a lot of it kind of comes into play with like the the royalty stuff and you know like the princess mm-hmm. and whatnot but i just i found it so surprising that we had a part of the episode where sylphie is like trying to assess like you know ruiz's relationship with everybody and it like it seems kind of obvious and then we had ruiz's take on it what the rest of the cast where they'll read with like his kind of sulking moment yeah. of like you know who should i talk to oh they're doing this or doing that i don't know it just if it, it felt like way too soon like if you are going to do that like do that down the road where like maybe we need a reminder of where everyone kind of stands but this is all very it's all like secular like it's this whole season is kind of like a bit of a bot or this part of the season is very much like a bottle arc right like it's all happening within the school it just it feels too soon for like an episode to kind of you know, maybe something big is coming, and they're just kind of give the checks and balances before, like you know, because we have two more episodes. I was gonna say they only got two left, so it's I don't know. It's um, I just I like it's not a bad episode. I just found it very strange by the end of it. I was like, what was done there? You know? Yeah, just not great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like we're like there's just these plot lines that are still going. It's like they still got the figurine. They're still teaching the girl figurines. Mm-hmm. Um. The e- the erectile dysfunction arc is like still a thing, which is absurd. The Rudy Silphy thing we've already mentioned, the Silphy Fitz thing rather. I will say, um, the Nana Hoshi, the new character with the summoning <laughs> circles, that's the most interesting part. Yeah. Um, of the episode and of the show right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will note, you had asked like a week or two ago, you had mentioned like. You know, have we heard of Laplace? And like Laplace, we can, yeah. We mentioned like yeah, like he's one of the gods, I think. And we kind of like we had we brought up some examples, but they did they reminded us of one in this episode. The demon content or continent. Yeah, the whole the yeah. the curse, right? Yeah, with the trident or with the Rieger, uh, Rigerd or something. Rigerd, yeah. He was a superd. Mm. They're like a cursed people, cursed by Laplace. Yeah, or he cursed their spears or something along those lines. So yeah, like. He is. He seems to be an almighty of some kind, and I, I could, I swore the, what was his name, Orsted, I kind of mm-hmm. swore he compared Rudius to Laplace mm. before he beat the hell out of him, um, but I could be wrong on that. So anyway, TBD. Um, two left. We'll see how that goes. You want to do news? Yeah, let's do it. Tight. Did you see this? Uh, I did not. No, this is news. This to scandal. Me. I think it's a PR firm called like. Bunker 12 or something? I can't remember. But they, they got busted or caught with their hand in the cookie jar uh, paying reviewers um, oh. for uh, Rotten Tomato scores. And, like, they weren't audience member reviewers. They were, like, the people outlets. who... the Yeah, the people who get... Because um, there are a lot of them, right? Like, a lot of them are outlets. Like, here's mm. so-and-so from Variety sure. who, like, left a review. But a lot of them are, like, just bloggers who get a license with our, with Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Because um, there's quite a few of them. Anyone um, notable? I did not look that far. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, the, the TLDR is like... And you know, it's funny. I 
wonder if I should put this company on blast. I won't. But um, <laughs> I got an email today. I've, I've had it from the same company a couple times about like, hey, like we saw that you've been buying our products for a little while. Like we have this new line out. And if you want to, you know, give a kind review, we'll send you like a $120 gift card as long as you spend it on these new products. Hmm. And like they left the word kind review in there. Like they didn't say like, give us your honest impressions. They're like... Oh, we want you to give a kind review on our website and on Amazon. And I was huh. like, interesting. Like, you, like I'll get it for free, but I kind of have to slam my review. And I mean, that stuff is like pretty dime a dozen. You see yeah. sponsored posts everywhere. You see not so impartial reviews everywhere. Um, speaking of which, it's iPhone Day. I forgot about that. Oh, new ones got announced today. Um, but anyway, you know, movies. I just, I think it's one of those things that obviously makes sense, but maybe not everybody was like sanity checking the rotten tomato scores because why you know, would you you just see the score and you go oh i think i think there's two demographics that kind of feed into the rotten tomatoes thing i think it's the studios themselves they get you know you know they do definitely do not have erectile dysfunction when they look at fucking uh, rotten tomatoes because that's like their whole metric of like you know why their bonus gets bigger the following year yeah um which is again it's all made up numbers um <laughs> made up metrics but then I think more like the big movie fan base, like people have their reviewers and that are outside of that medium. And, you know, like totally you and I go to the ringer stuff and I know, um, I'm like, I understand this is the one guy that you really like, but you know, I like, I have other places I go. I have Chris I don't Stuckman. Think, Chris I, Stuckman. I really I don't like, think I, yeah, I don't think I have been to Rotten Tomatoes in probably like 10 years. You know, like I never, yeah. it's not a website I, you know, subscribe to, not, you know what I mean, but like kind of, I don't follow, but I don't know, like, I think, but the people, you know, people see that, like, they, you know, they're, like, just, like, the general consumer that doesn't, like, super look into movie news and all this and that, like, oh, that movie looks good, they see it in an ad, they go, and, like, the Rotten Tomatoes is kind of in the trailer, in the advert, or it's on the DVD or Blu-ray case, you know, like, I I don't think it's, like, an all-encompassing metric anymore, you know, it's, like, only two demographics, like, really focus on it, so, I don't know, yeah. like, it's, it's gross, but, like, they're just, like, feeding into themselves more, I don't know. No, I think I agree with that. Like, I I just don't think people are super married to any one outlet at this mm. time, right? Like, I it's probably better to, like, kind of go the way that you mentioned earlier. Like, just have a few reviewers who you trust mm-hmm. implicitly for certain things, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, the, like even lately, like, I, I can't think of any movies, obviously. Um <laughs> Or no, I think Batman versus Superman is a good one. That was one of those like movies that split the critic reviews and the audience reviews in like a huge way. Audiences liked it, every reviewer hated it. Sure. And like you just started seeing that a little bit more and more. And you know, everything has just changed so much changed so much in film and in the whole just social media in general that it's like it's hard to be like, Oh yeah, so this website said it, therefore it's true. Mm. You probably should just vary your sources a little bit. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a Dragon Ball announcement coming, dude. Yeah, October twelfth. No hints or teases of what this is. Um, you know, like people take things and they like I don't know, with or out of context, and they kind of run with it. Mm-hmm. So like the theory, or maybe like w- the wishful thinking that I'm seeing a lot is that they're gonna come back and do another uh arc or a few seasons of Dragon Ball Super. Mm. Because that manga is still running, right? Yeah, notoriously, like, at the time that they ended the uh, the series, um, 
it was still running and people were like oh and then like mm. they in at the end they even said like we'll be back kind of thing yeah, yeah so yeah. they left the door kind of open for that i think that's probably best case i don't know i know that a lot of people really liked the subsequent arcs in the manga mm. so i mean what what else is it right like a new well, line of toys is it a new video game maybe my a movie my take is if it's a new york comic-con panel there's a good chance it's another movie yeah no that's a good yeah. point i feel like if it was a series that would probably be you know like i know um like aniplex had like a big event this weekend like there there is major you know anime centric events that this could drop at yeah uh, announcement wise but i guess comic-con kind of seems to be would be a movie in my i guess the next big question then is like if it is a movie like do you think it's a canon movie like broly or do they do some offshoot like some cg thing like the superhero movie superhero. they just did did you end up seeing that? No, I clipped through it, though. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I think they... It wasn't canon. It, it was CG. You know. It did It did money, though. It, it did. did yes, really, yes. I'm not really shitting well. on it. So, this wasn't my thing. That's all. But I guess my just read is, like, I, I think either, no matter what it is, I think the fans are going to be excited. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That I is an average. You know, people talk a big talk about, like, the One Piece fan base and, like, you know, how... De- like, <laughs> I, when I think of, like a truly dedicated and, like, devout fan base. I always think of Dragon Ball. I don't know. He was your show. It's just because I think, like, at the time that it got here. Yeah. Like, just every guy was a kid. Yeah, it's a very nostalgic show. Yeah, first nobody... one in the door gets lifelong credit. Yeah, and nobody... Yeah, it's a land grab when you get there first, right? Being yeah. first is everything. Like, I... And it's funny because no crazy anime fan is going to try and convince you that Dragon Ball is the best anime franchise. Yeah. But they'll all tell you they love it. <laughs> they'll all tell you it's fucking badass and <laughs> you know what i mean so i don't know um berserk yeah uh, so so i mean we, we know the original original author manga cup passed away mm-hmm. but they've got a new arc coming uh, uh soon september 23rd yeah i think like the noise on this was like before he passed away, the original author, he had left kind of, not I don't know if it was a blueprint, but the general direction of how he wanted it to go. I think it was so, to his editor? Is that right? Yeah, the guy, well, it, not just his editor, like his main penciler, like, okay. you know, well, I, I think the manga did a lot of drawing himself, but like, this was his guy. This okay. is like his, his number two. long assistant for like majority of Berserk's run, from what I have understand. So okay. the fan base kind of had like a, a relaxed sigh when the announcement was made the post you know his passing um of who was taking over it was like okay like we're good you know like the keys to the kingdom there was not much of like a handover like the guy was already in there you know so it's i think the fan base is pretty excited for this but uh, i i want to read berserk so bad dude <laughs> like yeah i know uh, yeah. I, I, I still think back to when we were you know we're out out in the city or checking out the comic book shop actually mm-hmm. on bank check it um, and, uh, we were looking at the Berserk book. I was just like, dude, like, incredible yeah, man. stuff. Yeah, man. I, that, um, I want that big one. I want yeah. the tomes, dude. Mm. It's just like, I'm going to need, I know once you buy one, I'm going to have a rough go. Right. And like, I'm going to buy, I'm going to, so I need, like, it's funny when you think of a manga, like, oh, I can't pick that up yet because I need storage space. <laughs> Like I live in this shelf. Yeah, no, I'm like, yeah, it's gonna need, dude. Like those things will take up an entire bar. Like I need yeah. to figure out a display or a store. I need to figure out something. They're they're huge. Yeah, so um, so cool. Yeah, 
Did you see this quote from the uh, Mission Impossible director? That no, was dude. Chris this is, I, I feel like the fans right now, the listeners, because all this is news to me, with the exception of the last one. But. Okay, yeah. So Christopher McQuarrie, he, um, he put out a quote. It's his first quote since Mission Impossible got kind of dogged a little bit at the box office by... Um, How hot is this take going to be, Dave? You may be pleasantly surprised. Um, it got by you know by the time it got hit by um, Barbenheimer, right? So sure. his quote is quote, "I could not be more thrilled for Margot, who I think is an extraordinary talent, a megastar, and I'm delighted for the validation that the movie gives to the part of Margot that is the megastar, and I hope the lessons learned from that are applied. I couldn't be more thrilled for Greta, Chris Nolan. You want to talk about between a rock and a hard place? You want to talk to a, you want to talk about a guy." Whose movie was a three-plus-hour R-rated dramedy with nudity, with drama with nudity that leaves you feeling quote-unquote devastated? That's a tough sell. That's one hell of a marketing strategy, and he won. He called it like Babe Ruth, and he won. God bless him. Congratulations, that's fantastic, and it's a triumph for original movies. It's a triumph for films that are not sequels, and in the case of Oppenheimer, a drama. What movie used to be? These are what movies used to be all the time. Tom and, I, Tom and I just look at each other all the time and we say, man, it's just about quality. Fuck. Gotta get Tom in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you wrote that. Let's not get ourselves. But, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't know. That was a good, that's a good quote. Good I like, quote. I, like that. Yeah. I do like Chris from Chris He's got, he's had some very good interviews over the Win years. Win like a winner like, and, yeah. and hold your head up high when you lose. Like, I, he took nothing away from either film. Gotta love no. that. You can't go. Like, that, those are not the movies. To attack. You can't, like, you can't punch down because there's nothing there, you know? No, like, yeah, this isn't, uh, yeah. Mission Impossible didn't get beat by Black Panther or Infinity War. Agreed. Yeah. You know and what you I know mean? What? Like, nothing Mission against Impossible. either of those two. I love those movies, but you know what I mean? I, we, we're both, I'm sure we're both thinking of the Scorsese theme park argument, right? Sure. And that's just, like, yeah. that's not what this was. Yeah. No, and you know what? Like, it's... It, as a fan of the Mission Impossible movies, like this is probably my least favorite one in quite a while. Oh really? Um, it like it was okay. I enjoyed it, but like if he had come out swinging and like you know like punching down on Barbenheimer, you know on Barbenheimer, I think that would have just been like a bad look. And like well like you know you're like a couple movies behind at this point. Like I don't yeah. know. I really hope the next one they kind of. D- Did we talk about Mission Impossible in the podcast? I can't remember. But, I uh, don't know, dude. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It was just a couple distracting, like, the CG shots. And oh, yeah? I just... Oh, okay, you know... Oh, we, we did, because you were worried about, about Tom Cruise. <laughs> I was worried about Tom Cruise. Where are you at, Tom? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is the CTE real? Um, but uh, I, I don't know. It's... Yeah, I think... Uh, again, everyone should go see the movies. Just go see I, your big movies on big screens and enjoy yourselves, but... And I love, I love what he said about it's a triumph for original movies, movies that used to be like this all the time, and yeah. it's a triumph for films that are not sequels. Like, he, mm. you know, he's looking in the mirror a little bit there, and you kind of, you have to appreciate the self-awareness, I think. Um, all right, you said you knew these last two things? You can take a second. I don't know, I know the last one, the next one I don't know, actually. I mean, yeah, I know about as much as the headline. There's a new Attack on Titan project called Shingeki Fly that's been announced but only the name has been announced. No idea on... Who announced on, that? I don't know. I saw it on, you know, the Anime News Network. That hmm. And they're pretty reliable. But yeah, uh, yeah. more details to come October 1st, October 4th, excuse me. And, like, you know, like anything, like, I remember 
you know, when we started doing this podcast and like watching news, it was mm. like full metal alchemist brotherhood, major news coming, you know, in three yeah. weeks and then it comes and it's like, Oh, they're making a mobile game. Like that could, it could be that, like it could literally be that they, uh, you know, Shingeki fly sounds very mobile gaming. It does. Right. So who knows, dude, or a ride, a virtual. Oh, that could easily be one. A VR ride. Yeah. Or an AR experience. Yeah. Damn it. Anyway, over to you. AOT finale part two, <sighs> November fourth. Dave, we're seeing this together, right? Yeah, we should probably. I don't know what day of the week that is, but we should probably endeavor to watch it together. I think. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's kind of it's a close. It's a ten year loop closing. You know. Yeah, man. It's uh. I'm yeah no. I'm thinking of like the Frodo quote after they dropped the ring. Sorry for the spoilers in Mount Doom. Like, I uh, I want to be with you at the end. We started this journey together because of Attack on Titan. And uh, we got one special left, and that's it, dude. Fixed part. Dave, that is a Saturday. So <laughs> let's go. We're, uh, <laughs> let's go. We're dude. getting together for that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm so excited. Did you watch the trailer? Are you mad? Yeah. Man? Yeah. Oh, I, you dude. know, you did not, I assume? No. <laughs> yeah. I did. Dark they, night, man. They've never been. Um, well, I'm sure you could argue this. So, like. I guess I'm speaking from recent memory. Like, these last few trailers for, you know, The Lost Chapters Part 1. Not The Lost. The Final Chapters Part 1. Like, mm. it's like, look, action. You know, like, I find, like, it's all missing so much context. And I th- feel like sometimes they're good about trailers and then other times they're not. But mm. I, w- I guess I'll put it this way. I was not worried about getting spoiled um, in this trailer only because, like, we know kind of the loose plot right like you got cut off at a cliffhanger before a major conflict happens everybody no you know it's the ending they're not going to show the ending part you know i'm confident about that so sure anyway but but it does look stellar um you know all the models of levi making the rounds yeah yeah the stills are are beautiful um a couple got me real curious i won't mention them because you haven't seen it um but i will say you know, the one thing that has come through often from the manga readers is like, you know, everyone, including myself and maybe you, like, we're all hard on MAPPA at times. Like, I think yeah. you cannot look at it objectively. And I, you know, I say this because I was so passionate about Attack on Titan that we started a podcast about it. Yeah. So take that for what you will. But like, you, I don't think you can make an objective call saying that the release schedule hasn't really hurt it. Sure. Like, they've lost a lot of momentum. They had a lot of momentum coming in. Season um, 4 was, like, fireworks. The yeah, beginning, you but, know, season 4 part 1 was just, like, not hysteria, but it was fervor. Like, true fervor yeah. for the story to be where it was, you know? They really, yeah, like, yeah. but And they, they, they lost some of that. But that's fine, because I want to know how it ends. Mm-hmm. But what I was going to say was, the thing the manga readers always say is, like, well... Yeah, like it sucks the release schedule, but they they always dovetail it into this like kind of bittersweet like. But what they're doing is like, it's the the quote I always see, which is both cringe and has me curious. It's like, but it's also the most like ambitious animation sequence like you'll ever see. It's like okay, oh like, my god. So I know there's a final fight. Everyone knows that. We've all seen the part one at this point, so yeah. I'm sure it's gonna look great. But it does make you curious because no one shuts up about like. You don't understand, like, like what are they gonna do, guys? Is it live action? Like, are they gonna surprise us? 
Wow, but I am curious, but that's what they all say. But uh, we're almost there. And obviously, you know, if you're, if you're not aware, yes, we're going to cover it. We've been fucking covering all of it. We would never not cover it. We'll have something up as soon as possible once it's out. I think we should do, like, a special, like, leading up to it. You know, favorite yeah. moments. You know, Or after. Do, do, before or after. Or obviously, you know, I, I think we should, like, watch it and then record, like, right off the bat. And have the mics ready to go. Just get our immediate yeah. off the takes. And then do, like, a couple days later. Do, like, the following Tuesday record a regular podcast. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm just... It's actually, <laughs> this is our show, man. You know? Has been for a long I'm time. So nervous. And, you know? Both, uh... Both the wives, it's also their shows, and it's it's a it's fun it's a fun one to all come come to an end there. So. I just, I've said it a million times, Grant. I I just want them to stick the ending, the landing, man. Yeah, I don't know. I've you know don't. again, we have <laughs> given so much shit talking on Mappa recently, but I have. I mean the this, story. I'm, I at well, this story, point, like, my faith in it, like Mappa's gonna do fine. You know yeah. what I mean. But it's just crazy to see, because, like, you know, the stock I have purchased from Chainsaw Man and Jujutsu Kaisen and what they've done with Vinland Saga and, like, mm. the little moments and the big moments and, like, everything in between, like, you know, I'm just, you know, what the story six landing, that's out of their control. But I'm just curious to see how they are going to present what that is, you know. Sure. So it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the, the pressure's on, like, Isayama and, like... Like, are we going to tie it up in a bow? Are we, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I, it's a very different sense of disappointment for me on, like, oh, MAPPA didn't deliver versus, like, the story didn't deliver. Yeah. I yeah, need We don't want a double banger. Deliver. We yeah. need at least one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a dumb story, but it looked great. Like, I don't yeah. want that. I don't know. You don't want anything, right? You want it, you want it to win. But we'll, we'll talk about that when we talk about that. Okay. ZOM 100. You were saying you're a little behind on this because, like, did they have more delays? No, I like I'm I'm caught up. It's just I think you were behind last week, so it's been like over a week and a half since I've watched. So I'm a little foggy on some of the details. Yeah, but behind, uh... that's why I was confused because I had to catch up. I watched episode six and seven, then I was like, oh, yeah. shit, like I'm gonna have to watch eight. But that's not out yet. But it should be <laughs> no, right. It should be again. There's now now it's no longer uh, broadcasting delays. They are legitimately having production delays. They put out a big schedule um, last uh. week. Uh, for like the next two months and even then it comes to a point where like they have no they still don't have official release dates for like the end of the uh, season Oof. yeah so yeah uh, i uh I mean, i'm sure this take has been regurgitated by everybody who's seen the show but like the irony cannot be lost on you that like <laughs> yeah. the main character of the show is like bitching about working for an exploitative corporation and it like they never said anime but like a lot of the stuff they were talking about, <laughs> he worked for a production company. Oh, he which did. Is directly involved in you know the making of these shows and all that. So like, yeah, because he I remember he was talking about like, oh, but we already promised we could deliver to the director, and I was like, oh god. I think he was like, a copywriter. Yeah, I don't know what he was. Oh, something along those lines. But like uh, a, yeah, yeah, irony not lost. I mean, there's not much. I'll be honest with you. Episodes six and seven, I think, kind of pair well together because um, yeah. they they cover this arc with his former boss. Mm-hmm. At, at at said company who's which i really enjoy, i did really enjoy these episodes oh you did yeah. see i was like <laughs> sam and i were like i don't know this is a little weak not it is, not yeah. bad it just not action-packed no i think action-packed they are not but i think they did a really good job with um why well, like on the main character akira you know? akira they did a really good job of like how quick it can be 
to like roll or kind of go back into your old self you know all it takes is one kind of trigger from your past or whatever and you just kind of you know you're kind of just like dazed and whatnot and that's they true did, that they was that. that was well done that was well done and then i'm blanking on her name now too the uh, uh the shizuka shizuka she, again she's a very intentional she's reserved and she's kind of put off but like i found her kind of awakening to the zom 100 experience <laughs> was like very natural and you know her and akira kind of really bounce off are, are going to continue to bounce off obviously the love interest and whatnot but you can immediately feel once she opens up and he kind of gets out of his slump they do have incredible chemistry and it's evident like you know they had all that history before where they weren't kind of like on the same page and the second they are like they click and i'm like this is good character building you know it's i, I really really enjoyed that so it's um I'm, I'm just looking forward you know this next you know the next few episodes where we can kind of see them all on the same page and on this journey together and like you know i don't know i'm, I'm really excited for for more of this i like that we saw some of her backstory too mm-hmm. explained a couple things about her um yeah i you know I didn't love the whole boss thing, but like to your point, they did represent the whole PTSD mm. thing really, really well for Akira. I like that we're out of there. Yeah. Um, I like that they wrap up C- or episode seven with like, it's funny to think we're only seven episodes into this show. And like in my brain, the way episode seven ends, it's like, a, it's a fun action uh, set piece with zombies <laughs> invading the camp and like a cool guitar track playing yeah. and i said to myself i was like oh so this is we're back to like classic zom 100 stuff yeah and it's like i'm thinking of that whole scene as like a classic zom 100 thing and the show's been out for like six episodes prior to this you know what i mean like yeah. they have a tone very mm-hmm. very well defined super mm-hmm. early um and that's really really impressive so i don't know i dug that i don't think yeah, there's but- much else to mention though no what this thing's like what 20 episodes did you say i'm not sure actually i don't know um i the list i saw was 12 oh okay that would make more sense (laughs) yeah yeah i think yeah 20 would be tough for them at this point um did you want to talk about starfield before we do the q a i'll touch on that um this is the newest bethesda game i was gonna it's funny you mentioned this by the way because i wanted to ask you about it just because it's like you know, I'm still it's, playing Cyberpunk, and this is, mm-hmm. like, the big thing right now. It is the big thing right now. Um, I am thoroughly enjoying it. Um, it's, it's 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 a humbling game, because, you know, I... Well, you know, that audience doesn't know, but, like, I had to buy a new computer for the podcast um, mm. last year. You know, invest a little bit more. I got, you know, a mid-to-higher range thing, you know. I was like, you know, I play games, I have hobbies, I want to be able to do a bunch of stuff. And... David took one year, and this game's like, nah, you can play all this on medium settings. <laughs> it is Tough, a eh? beast, dude. Um, but I, I am really enjoying it. Um, it's funny because, you know, I, I, you know, I recently just finished Baldur's Gate. I finished that last week. Oh, nice. Um, you know, 70-hour run. Um, got Jeez, her done. Louise. Dude, loved it. Probably, at this point, still the best game I've played this year. Um, I believe that. Memory. Very, very good. Um, I think you would absolutely love it. I would love to get you and Shaner on like a multiplayer run where we all make our characters and we play the story together and we all argue about like how we should handle the situation. I will go if Shane doesn't. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do it. (laughs) But uh, yeah. Anyway. So Starfield, you know, there's a lot of 
well, you know, like the whole Xbox place, everything revolving around Microsoft this past like two years is just, you know, it's it's a it's a dumpster fire. Like right the merger the stuff and all that crap. The merger stuff and people are, you know, very sore about the what's exclusivity. What's exclusive, what's not. Yeah, okay. The irony is like, you know, I've, I've been a Sony console owner like my entire life and, you know, I've enjoyed the exclusives. I have felt bad for the other side. You know, I've never been one to shit talk, but it's like, you know, the Xbox people, you know, fans finally get something and all you see is the Sony online community just raging um but it's a pc xbox anyways i did have a hard time with this game it is there is so many built-in systems to this game it is daunting and it does not i think intentionally does not hold your hand mm. it's just like there's of a hundred things you'll grab onto three or four and you'll get good at those and then you'll naturally find your way to the other stuff right and you get to a point where you're just kind of like oh dude like this it is so immersive and so big and it really makes you, I think it, it makes typical Bethesda game players to kind of change their thought structure and yeah. play style to their games. It's similar, but it's not, you know, it's not like a, a total departure from their stuff, but it's just enough to like be itself. It's more of like the older, older stuff, like um, uh, even before, like a, Oblivion, there's one Morrowind. Oh, like yeah. even like like Daggerfall too, like really very like you know, no hand holding. Like there's some it's still modern versus those, but Dave, like as an example, you know, I'm I'm on Mars right now. Again, there's over a thousand planets, but I've been hanging out in our galaxy, I've been hanging out on Mars. And I was like, Okay, like there's no way like the whole planet is like accessible. Like it's probably like, you know, like a like a, a micro map on the planet and they considered that like that's like the Mars locations. And I by accident I found a way like I could just land on the other side of Mars and I'm like, oh. So I go there and then you just, the world opens up. There's like a mining facility I found. There was like an underground pharmaceutical company that was doing like, you know, like back end shady deals, like you know, making new, you know, drugs and all that. Like, it's just, you can just get lost in this game, you know? And you can build your yeah. ship and the customization. Like I said, I've... I've heard the space travel stuff and the ship customization stuff is particularly fun. It is it's very cool. Like, I have no interest. Like, I'm not, a, like, a not creative person like that. I've never, like, you know, I don't like building things. I just, like, something given to me. I'll maybe add a couple things, but, like, starting from scratch. It's never been uh, my kind of thing. But that's the nice thing about this game is, like, you know, like, I made, like, a space scoundrel. Like, just, like, a you know kind of like a han solo type like kind of like a smuggler like you know like whoever offers the best deal and this and that like you know like but i'm not inherently a bad guy but i'm not inherently good you know it's it's just you can just kind of like really role play and get into the world God, you're making me want to jump into cyberpunk right now that's the thing too because i i was i was really torn i finished baldur's gate and you've been talking about cyberpunk Ugh. so much and i'm like but I really, I really want to hold out for the update that's coming out next week. Yeah. Uh, or in two weeks' time. Because yeah. there's, like, some major uh, Do you already own it? Overall. I do already own it, yeah. Oh, God. You're flying. Um, You're good. So that's the thing. So it's like, ah, oh, but, like, again, I just, you know, got zeitgeist. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I got Game Pass. I'm going to jump into Starfield there. And I was just like, ooh. Dave, wait, I can... When you... So, wait, you have Game, pa Game Pass and it's already on there? Yeah. It's a Microsoft oh. game. It's immediately... You I didn't know right now. You can play it tonight. <laughs> like, no, but I didn't know. I thought it, like games went to Game Pass like after they'd been out for a while. No, 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 no. Wow. That's Game Pass's whole bag, man. Like it's Damn, if babe. it is a Microsoft Studios day one, it's on Game Pass. That's pretty tight, eh? Yeah, a lot of people are playing it. People paid like I think there was like a deluxe version where you could play it a week early. Mm. Oh know? yeah, that makes sense. And there's one too. I think if you had Game Pass, you get you know Canadian dollars. Um, you know. 
in the loonies there you could pay like 40 bucks and play it the week early if you're already oh, game cool. or something like that um but uh i don't know man it's like i said that you know I, I i could sit here and talk hours with the little things like you know like you know the other like i haven't played a ton but i have enough where i got to the point where i was like damn like this game is tough like i can see mm. why people are bitching online and then just a couple minutes later i'm like oh that's why like you know you do this and you know right. that you and, solved it you got yeah. unstuck unstuck you know and just kind of rewarding I think, i'm sure i think it was just a big jump from Baldur's gate which is oh yeah so imaginative and like you can do you know if you can think it you can probably pull something off That's like in, cool. in in that mind um and this is more restrictive and but again it's 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 more open and exploring versus like creativity and all that right. but uh i think that like the starship stuff is a lot of creativity but i don't know i think if people have it, it definitely has some optimization issues. Like, there's, um, there actually is a little bit of controversy with uh, the GPU stuff, like the AMD versus uh, NVIDIA. Right. So, apparently, um, Bethesda has a deal with AMD, and it's just performing, like, they're saying, like, it performs 40% worse on NVIDIA cards, hmm. which majority of people have. Right. Um, so, there's a lot of complaints with that. Like, it's, like it's, I've been playing newish games on my computer, full settings, like, rip roaring, no problem. And this is the first one where, like, it, it doesn't look amazing on my computer. You've noticed. Yeah, it's funny you say that. It's, I, yeah. I saw a lot of footage from it, and I, I like, all. I mean, I don't know, I have a, I have a bias because I've played Cyberpunk and I haven't played this one, but, like, its graphics didn't look, like, mm. blow you out of the water, kind of. Like, I, I, you know what I mean? It didn't look mm-hmm. crazy to me. I think Cyberpunk looks better. Yeah, better. and Cyberpunk yeah. at this stage is a two-year-old game. I think the difference is, like, it was barely playable at launch, and it's been two years of optimizations. Well, there's that, and then, you know, there, it comes down to engines, too. Like, a lot of people have uh, the creation engine, which is Bethesda's um, uh, in-house one they've been using. I think, I'm not sure if going forward they're still going to be using that, but it has its limitations and its quirks and its problems, but it also kind of gives it that, you know, Bethesda feel, whereas, you know, the red engine that, you know, oh. uh, you know um, CD Projekt Red made, which also they have abandoned that they're they're going Unreal Five I believe on their future games but oh, nice. there's just something about the Red Engine that just has them I don't know more um, it's the best looking game I've ever played yeah just the glam like the, you know the, I don't know there's just something about the it's Red highly Engine stylized really yeah I mean I and don't even know. like you go back to The Witcher Three like there's something it just it just looks so realistic whereas mm-hmm. I find the Creation Engine kind of it's like Play-Doh, but like really nicely shaped Play-Doh. Play-Doh is you know? kind of what yeah. I was thinking. Like, yeah, yeah. like it, it's a little pasty. It is a little pasty, That's you know. But, but anyway, you're, so you're it is running well it? for me. I, I am enjoying it now. I understand, like, you know, the kind of just, I'm at the point where I'm just doing what I want. Like, I'm not really following a quest. I'm just exploring what I run into, I run into. If I find something interesting, I do that. You know, I've, there's been a lot of recommendations online of like, oh, like you should probably play the main story mm. to a certain point and then just kind of do your exploring thing. But like, yeah. I don't care. I don't have the time to buckle down. I want to play. I just want to go to a planet, explore for an hour if I have time to play and then just move on to the next thing. So. Yeah, I feel that. You want to do yeah. it your way. Yeah. Um, all right, fella. Let's close this off with the Q&A. We haven't done let's the do Q&A in a little bit. Just I will take blame. I haven't been putting up on Instagram because I forget. Okay. Cool. Um, this one's from my homie Travis. Of course, he sends us a good question when we uh, when we come back. What are the criteria for determining if a dub is worth it rather than subbing it up? Ooh, this is a 
Yeah. Conflicting question. I, I think so. I don't know. I have I have some thoughts if you need a second to think about it. I, yeah, I think, it. you know, what most people are going to tell you, Trav, is just default to the dub. Mm. Like, that is probably a safe choice. You know, I, I talked to a friend recently who doesn't really watch anime, and his problem with the sub was, yeah, but it's kind of like broken English sometimes, and I have to, like, spend time trying to, like, piece together what they're saying. And it's like, yeah, okay, I, you know, that could be, like, a valid criticism at times. I think the problem is, and we I've said this multiple times, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but, like... When you get a dub, mm. there, it's it's never a direct, direct translation. And when I say direct translation, I mean, like, even between taking Japanese audio and subbing it in English, when you film the dub, they don't just read those subs that you just got from the translation. It's a different script. It's a completely different script, right? Yeah. It's so written like, for, yeah. So, yeah, like, let's say the original sub theme is Dave and Grant argue about who gets to wear the bright red hat and there's like funny jokes about you know how it clashes with Grant's shoes or something like now we go film it in English for the dub like the scene might be the same Dave and Grant get an argument about who gets to wear a bright red hat but like the punchlines of the joke will be different the like intonations that we'll use are going to be different um you know the points like I've seen entire scenes like where they change the entire point of the lesson. Like like mm. it can change way more drastically than you might think. So I think my thing would be like just learn to quickly read and decipher the way it was like intended um, by reading the subs rather than going to the dub. There are like notable exceptions. We can talk about a couple, um, mm-hmm. but, but I'll pass it over to Grant first. I think, you know, like I'm default sub, like no matter what. Like I, I have a very hard time with... My one particular gripe is, like, again, like, the writing is different, the script is different, and, again, the messaging doesn't come through clear, like you had said, but to me is, a lot of the time, sometimes, the like, the read of the lines itself just don't feel genuine. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like, it feels like someone reading a script. And, again, the argument can be made that, like, I'm sure people, you know, Japanese viewers of a show could say, like, well, that voice actor is, like, kind of goofy sounding and all that. Yeah. But, like, again, you know, it's... Apples and oranges. You can argue it, you know, either way. But I find the read is natural. You know, the reading the original script. You know, they're everything's kind of in tune. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's just usually what I shoot for. But like I said, there is there is once. You know, I think Dave. The last time I watched a dub was my original viewing of Full Metal Brotherhood. Yeah, I mean, which was almost ten years ago. You know, like that's a um... yeah. That's a good example, though. That is one of those, like, and I've seen multiple polls on Reddit, on a number of forums, all over the place. Like, wh- what are the few series that people actually prefer the dub? Full Metal's on there all the time, dude. Mm. Like, Which I don't understand. I, I Like, I've, I've, se- I've watched both, and I still, like, the sub is just miles better. <laughs> I think, I've seen both, too, now. I yeah. think it comes down to who you prefer voicing Ed. Ed I think the thing oh. is... Ed and Mustang's English voice actors, I think, are stronger than the performances they're, the dub, the sub turns in. And I think mm. they have, they're such impactful characters. I've never liked the dub Mustang. He actually annoys the show. Really? And yeah. Ed is good. I do agree. Ed is good. Ed's great. Um, um, but, uh, but that's one that like I consistently yeah. see. Um, 
people say the dub is better. And I will say, um, it's I think not Wrath one is better. Wrath is better in the dub. Yeah. Oh God, he's so good. Yeah. Um, and I will say also like, um, you're not you know having watched it in both ways like you're not losing a ton in the sub to the dub like you, mm-hmm. you know you're like yeah again some of the jokes are different some of the very specific details are different but like that anime did a particularly good job at preserving the message i think yep. mm-hmm. another couple that i can think of that are serviceable i don't know if i would argue are like better but they're all classics and i think travis was considering watching a few um cowboy bebop very yep. respectable dub it's legit um and uh death note death notes yeah still need to see that different but it. like uh again english is totally fine but like you know it so that's like if you absolutely have to you mm. could probably do those but like i don't know otherwise just trust the community like you know google it or reddit search it like what do you th- look at the polls you'll often find the community is going to favor the sub for like a lot of the reasons and more that we've outlined but there are exceptions i'm probably not thinking of a lot of others but yeah yeah, those are the big three. I think so. Yeah. All right, my friend. Can we wrap it up here? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good spot. All right, fam. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Music. Check out the comic book shop at 128 Bank Street. Um, follow us on Instagram at Part-Time Otaku Podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. We're going to get around to these Evangelion uh, pods. Don't you worry. And uh, yeah, a lot of it, Attack on Titan uh, talk today. We will be... Very excited to give you a comprehensive review on that come November. So lots of exciting stuff coming. Jujutsu Kaisen next week. We'll see you then. Grant, you say the thing. You do it. I guess. Okay, bye.